1: welcome to the masculine journey we are very glad to have you with us on this special day it is july 4th is it not ours today july
2: 4th today is july 4th a so, day that will live in infamy
1: other than being saturday what's important about july 4th robbie
2: it's also the 4th of july
1: oh wow
0: <laughs> i told you i never now made that's the infamy.
1: In i never made the connection
0: <laughs> well it just happens like that only once a year though Yeah, yeah, is it on the same day every year? I'd like to say a happy
2: birthday to my mother-in-law. And to my daughter, Mariah. And to your daughter, Mariah. she
0: too. It's sweet 16 today. And And, and Mariah is, yeah.
2: Now, next week, my daughter's birthday. She turns nine,
1: big day. So we need to talk about that next week. We do. Yeah. Today, however, is July 4th. We And as Robbie pointed out, the 4th of July. We're free. And so we're going to talk, you know, expectantly about freedom. But maybe not in the way that you might think. Because there's different types of freedom that we have. You know, this week as I was kind of thinking about the topic for the show, and we talked about it as a group, this whole concept of freedom kind of gets blown into many different directions. You know, and it's kind of hard to get our, our hands around it. So we want to talk a little bit more clearly today about some of the freedoms that we have, the freedoms in this country, the, the freedoms in Christ, and the things that we found in Him and continue to find through him. And so one of the questions that I have, and I'll just th- throw it out to either one of you guys, and one of you can kind of jump in and answer if you'd like. As you think about the people that's died so that we can have our freedom in this country, what freedom that we have are you really grateful for today?
0: Well, in my case, I get to <laughs> work for Truth Broadcasting, which clearly, without the freedom of religion, would, wouldn't exist, and you know, I'm actually able to Work in God's vineyard and feed my family through that process. As a result of uh, certainly the the Americans that died, but e- it even goes back to Plymouth. A- and think of the Christians that went through all this, the different persecutions to even get them to Plymouth. And so we stand kind of on the shoulders when you think about it, Sam, of generations and generations of Christians who have sacrificed tremendously that we might now be uh, where we are um, in Christ. But certainly, there was the biggest sacrifice.
1: So, what about you?
2: Yeah, as I think about the freedom in this country, first off, you know, I'm really not oppressed. I mean, there are little little things that are not even worth mentioning, but my family lives with a lot of joy and we are free um, to enjoy our lives. So, to me, that's just huge. I love to see the joy in my family's faces when we do things together, when we go places, or just when we're having fun at home.
1: Uh, thank you. I, I think for me, if I had not went to Guatemala a few weeks ago, the answer might be a little different. I mean, there's a couple of them that kind of sprung up for me this week, Was just the freedom of choice. You know, I, I, can, I can choose where I want to try to go to work. I can choose where I want to live. I can choose what I want to eat. And there's so many people in the world and even in this country that don't have those choices, but they're allowed to have those choices here where in other countries they may not. Now, Guatemala, there's certain things just that's so poor that there isn't anything out there for them to really do, but other than work in the coffee fields and things of that nature. And I guess the second thing for me would just be the freedom of, I know this will sound silly, but of deep, deep corruption. I mean, we have corruption in our government, or at least that's historically been true and is always told by every party, both parties, you know, down as we go now, but the true corruption you see in other countries is very, very scary, and I'm just glad that we don't have to live under that, because that that corruption can mean life or death, depending on who gets elected sometimes. Absolutely. So, uh, switching gears a little bit, we're gonna talk a little bit about our, our freedom that we get in Christ. And so, we're gonna do a little something different with clips this week. A lot of times we'll, we'll have a clip and then we'll all kind of respond to it. And, and this week we decided to do it a little different and have each person pick a clip that really meant something to them. And then they're going to be the primary person responding to their own clip. And just why that speaks something to them, because it may not speak the same thing to us. And that's a great thing about how God comes after our hearts. He does it uniquely with each one of us. And so the way I hear something may not be the way that you do. And that's okay. Okay. God's coming after us in our own unique way. And so, Robbie, you have the first clip that we're going to talk about. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, well, Sam had emailed us the topics over the weekend, and I was praying about it actually Monday morning and, and the time that I spend with the Lord, which is quite uh, wonderful in my world. That's, that's kind of my favorite place to be. And so I'm there with him, and I'm actually journaling. What is the freedom that you give me, Lord, that, I've, that I should talk about this week on the show? And what would be a good clip to represent that? And I, I have been on sort of this journey over the last um, maybe month or so of being free of distractions away from God. How can I be free from things that keep me distracted from where I want to be walking with the Lord? And the purposes that he may have or the things that he wants me to do, I keep getting distracted. This would happen, that would happen, and I was Lord, how can I be free from distraction? And as I was thinking about that, being free from distraction, an ultimate clip came to me because I'm a big, huge Rocky fan. And if you remember in Rocky two, his wife was, you know, in the hospital, there were all sorts of issues. She didn't want him to fight. And he was so distracted that he could not train. But then everything changes in a moment. And it not only changed for Rocky Balboa, but in a way, it changed for Sylvester Stallone when he had freedom from distraction. There's one thing I want you to do for me. Right. Come here. Win. Mm. What are we waiting for? Take us!
2: was the longest of long shots a low-budget boxing movie with a no-name star you're less than nothing nobody knew who sylvester stallone was <laughs> you're completely nobody from a script written in a spiral notebook i couldn't believe it really quite stunning and tender and remarkable and against all odds it became a hit i think anybody who read that script said it's a boxing movie you can't make money winning oscars and spawning a six-part film franchise i don't think anybody expected it to be what it turned out to be which is a film for the ages amazing that's a victory for every little guy out there that's only one
0: of those good additions
2: not just a hero but an icon rocky was a symbol of heart and hope a no-luck palooka who inspired millions around the globe.
0: Now, Sam, and the inspiration for me there was once he had a purpose that he understood. Now he was free from the distraction. I was, I'm not going against my wife's desire. I'm not going against this. I'm going for the championship. Then all of a sudden he trained like only Rocky could train. The eggs were going down. He's running up to, you know, to Philadelphia and all that other stuff. What does that feel like when we know that we're walking with the Lord in that purpose and that kind of freedom to know this is, this is where we're headed with you, Lord, and, and, I, and I'm clear on purpose. There's nothing like that freedom. There's nothing like that inspiration for me.
1: So, Robbie, as you talked about that, how has God really given you more freedom in that this year? I mean, obviously, the enemy's still gonna come at you trying to distract you, so how do you fight against that?
0: Well, one of the ways is clearly is I'm journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm spending time right there in the morning with him and asking him, you know, where am I being distracted? What is it where I'm on track here and where I'm off track? And that constant relationship, which I find now, um, it, it, you don't get to get away from it for two or three days. It takes a constant um, checkpoint Charlie sort of thing to say, where am I going today and what is this looking like? And, and he's really brought me into a place where I, I'm journaling more than ever and praying more than ever, but that actually gives me more freedom than ever. And that's the interesting thing about it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It's, uh, it, I wouldn't have thought of the freedom of distraction. But, you know, I've, I've faced it many, many times. And now I'm sure you probably have. You know, John Eldridge writes in one of his books, I can't remember which one it was, that if you want to know if the enemy is active, just set your mind on doing something for God <laughs> and see all the distractions that come. You'll think about your shopping list. You'll think about this. You'll think about that. And your mind's so cluttered. You can't hardly think, you know, and it's just all these things that come after you. Cause the enemy knows distraction can get you away from the thing. that's going to help lead you to that life and that freedom.
2: And I think there's a unity when, when a husband and wife come together and they support each other's purpose. I mean, and I know this sounds silly, but one of my favorite parts where it was, where he's standing there. Um, and he's, I'm chasing a chicken. You know, he, it's like he's not looking at the speed that it gives him or the challenge and what it's going to bring into the ring. All he can think about is the now and the distractions that are all around him. But when they're unified, man, he catches that chicken. I, I think later on in the movie they actually ate that chicken. I'm just saying.
1: Well, you know, thank you. I thought Rocky was actually here with us for a moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was no, actually. Adrian. That was pretty good. That was
1: pretty good. I think everybody tries to do both the Sylvester Stallone impression. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think that's a mandatory that if you're a man, you have to try both of those at one point in you your life. You have to. And you do a pretty good job with Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. And we're getting ready to come up on break here in a, in a few seconds, but we're going to come back and we're going to have Al have an opportunity to talk a little bit about your clip. And so is there anything you want to set up that clip with a little bit?
2: Well, before I set it up, I'm going to say that whenever I get a clip, I like to just stop and listen to the clip without the context of the movie, just to hear what they're saying and see how it can be applied. And in this particular case, I was thinking about the king being, you know, the king of kings. The woman somewhat played the part of the enemy trying to say, oh, no, you don't want to be a part of the kingdom. And I heard the the man that was being invited to join the kingdom wanting to be a part of something bigger. So when we come back, we can listen to the clip and we can go into that a little further.
1: See, we're trying to tease you. We're trying to get you to just build up so that when you come back, you, you got this thing coming, and this is going to be a great clip, isn't it,
2: Al? Oh, I love the clip.
1: And, and so we won't spoil which movie it's from. you got to sit there and think about, wow, what movie could this be? It has a
0: king, it has a woman, and it has something else. Yeah, and, and like the Rocky clip, there, there's a situation that we talk about in The Masculine Journey where the, the woman is, has the ability to call out the man in the situation. And we see that to an extent rocky, but here we see another completely different aspect to it. And so it is pretty exciting what we're coming up
1: on. With the ability to call out also comes the ability to potentially distract. Here you go. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about that now. You'll set it back up a little bit. And then we're going to go into another clip from a movie called Amistad a little bit later on. And I think you're really going to enjoy that as well. Come back with us. We're looking forward to seeing you.
2: We'll be back.
0: Worship while you rest. This is Words on Worship with Charles Billingsley. Have you ever been so tired you couldn't even sleep? The stress of the day has worn you down so much that you can't wait to hit the sack only to discover your mind is still churning. Well, I wanna encourage you to find a moment in each day to simply rest in Jesus. The best time may be right in the middle of the most stressful time. Come to me, Jesus says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. You know, it seems that busyness is perceived as a virtue in our present culture, but activity doesn't necessarily produce positive results. Remember the most active chicken in the barnyard is the one who just had his head chopped off. So ask God to settle your spirit and then rest in Him. You'll discover your worship takes on a much deeper meaning.
2: This has been Words on Worship with Charles Billingsley, sponsored by Liberty University Online. For more information and special offers, go to charlesbillingsley.com.
1: So, Al, it's hard to cut off that song. That's such a good song. It is. You know, and so I could sit here and listen to the Chris Tomlin song all day. It's one of my favorite songs of all time and obviously one of the favorite ones he's done. And and uh, that was actually from a movie as well, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. Al, you were telling us about your movie clip, and so I want you to go ahead and set it back up a little bit briefly and then tell us what we're going to hear
2: about. And I am not. I think I'm going to hold back until the end of the clip to tell you where what movie it's from. But to go back into it, there's a king who's inviting a man to become a knight in his kingdom. And there is a woman who, for her own reasons, wants him not to be a part of the kingdom. And so she says, no, he needs his freedom. His freedom and his joy are, you know, in being free away from a kingdom. And but when you hear the man who's being invited to become a knight, he wants something bigger. And and I'm going to leave it at that and we'll go into the clip.
1: I'm assuming it's not Toy Story.
2: It's not. Okay.
0: We owe Lady Guinevere's life to one man. Lancelot. And I believe he comes to Camelot for a purpose. Even though... He doesn't know it himself. And what I'm about to offer this man is already his. One seat stands empty. You'd make him a knight, sir. What I offer is no life of privilege, but a life of service. And if you want it, it's yours with all my heart. Sire, we don't know anything about him. They say he fights for money. Sir, perhaps we should discuss this. Enough! What do you say? Will you join us?
2: My lord, if I may speak. I owe this man more than anyone here.
1: And he deserves any honor you can give him.
2: But he doesn't belong in Camelot. Lancelot's a man who who goes his way alone. And in that
0: freedom and... Solitude is his strength.
1: If you wish to honor him as I do, from the bottom of my heart, then let's honor him as he is, and not as we would make
2: him. Let him go. Alone and free, and with our love.
1: Well, Lancelot, well, as you listen to that, this is something that you picked, but I think it, it, it got cut, off, it there got at got the cut end. off.
2: Yeah, he, he makes a decision there that he wants to be a part of something bigger. He wants to be a part of, of a group of people doing good in the lives of others. And when you stop and think about that from a spiritual perspective, our heavenly father, our king of Kings comes to each one of us and reveals himself and wants us to be a part of the kingdom. There's always that voice that comes in and says, oh no, you're, you're the, made the way you're supposed to be. You don't need to be a part of anything big. But we all know that we're supposed to be a part of something big. And that, that leads me to think of our freedom of choice. Our Heavenly Father gives us free will. From the moment we're born, we have free will. But our choices without him lead us to slavery and sin. But it's when we make the decision for Christ we're free from that sin, but we in turn choose to become a master or a slave to our master. And Paul talks about that very clearly. And that's where I find my greatest freedom in knowing that I've given myself to something bigger to serve some, everyone else in his name. To me, there's no greater gift, no greater joy, no greater freedom.
1: Thanks. So. I, um, You know That's what's really cool about when we listen to these clips individually, we all kind of kind of scratched our head because we didn't really realize how God was moving each one of us individually to this question of the freedom that we find in him and what are we grateful for. I'm going to talk about the clip. I'm going to play. It's from a movie called Amistad, and it's about um, a slave ship. It's, It's really the story of a group of slaves that were on their way, I believe, to England, and they basically overthrew their captain and ended up in America. And so it's based on a true story. Uh, the Chris Tomlin thing that I referred to is actually from the movie uh, where William Wilberforce, uh, Amazing Grace, that was where that, that was written for, for that part of that song. And so in this clip, what you're going to hear is a former president of the United States is speaking. He's now no longer president. And he's kind of talking about this, this group of people that's on trial and there's been this big debate on whether they really are free or not free. And the presentation's been made that, oh no, their natural state that they have ever known is slavery. And so let's pick up and listen to what he has to say.
2: Well, gentlemen, I must say I differ with the keen minds of the South and with our president, who apparently shares their views, offering that the natural state of mankind is instead, and I know this is a controversial idea, is freedom. Is freedom. And the proof is the length to which a man, woman, or child will go to regain it once taken. He will break loose his chains. He will decimate his enemies. He will try and try and try against all odds, against all prejudices to get home.
1: You know, when I was listening to this clip, one of the things that I really thought about was this whole concept, and it touches on a little bit of what you talked about, Al, of the natural state of man. The natural state of mankind with Adam and Eve was freedom. Freedom to walk with God, freedom to be in God. There was no sin in the world. They were truly free in him, and then something comes along, and they look for a different freedom in something else. They think that something else is going to lead them to their own control of their freedom. You know, Satan offers them something that he, they feel like they're missing out on. And so they move towards that in order to, to get more freedom in a certain way. You know, the freedom of understanding, the freedom of knowledge. You know, that if I know more, then I, I'm going to be a, like God at that point. And so what it really brings me back to is we constantly live with this choice of which freedom am I gonna pursue? Am I gonna pursue that freedom that's only found in God? Or am I gonna pursue the freedoms that are offered by false comforters, by false things that come at us by our own vanity at times, by our own desire to control? Or are we gonna seek true freedom? And for me, that's one of the things that I'm really grateful for is God continues to move me down that trail because, you know, I, I was pretty headstrong for a long time, and I still tend to have the tendencies. And he's helping me move past that and really find deeper and deeper freedom in him. And so um, we want to ask you guys a quick question. What freedom would you like to have more of this time next year in your relationship with God?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll take that one first. <laughs> And I'm going to give some credit to a friend of mine, Michael Bowers. We teach Sunday school together. And he brought to the table, uh, brought to me and another friend, uh, co-teacher, Kevin Peel, Michael Hyatt, who is, um, was the head of, um, I, I don't remember the publishing house, but he's a great motivational speaker. And he talks about the freedom of perspective. The, I get to do something versus I have to do something. If you say, I have to go to church that's where you're a slave to go to church. That's where your master's making you. But if you say, I get to go to church, I get to go to work, I get to do this for my wife, I get to do this for my kids, it's a, there's a freedom in that. It's, I've made a choice, and, and I'm living it out, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm changing my perspective and the way I think. So the enemy wants us to think that we're slaves in our freedom, but, but we need to change our perspective to say that it's a benefit to get up and, and spend my first de- part of my day with my father to pray, to read the word, you know, to get exercise. To me, that's, that's freedom. I want more of that.
1: Robbie, before you answer, I want to make sure we get to something. And then we'll come back and we'll answer it on the back side of it so it gives you more time to think and me more time to think. Um, but our producer, Howard, put something together that was really passionate on his heart, the freedom to share that with you, And we're excited to let you listen to what God put on his heart in regards to this Fourth of July holiday.
0: July 4th is the birthday of our country, the United States of America. It is a
1: country that was born and raised by millions of surrogate parents, some of whom were not even Americans. A country of flaws, yes, but a country that has grown to be a land of opportunities, sacrifices, and the freedom to do things that some will disagree with. No one makes us stay in America, but we have the right to stay in America as Americans. Thus, if we choose to come here, or stay here of our own free will, why not embrace the beliefs and the sacrifices made on our behalf, as well as the flaws, which can be fixed. Be an American and
0: celebrate our birthday, one nation under God.
1: Very good. Thank you, Howard, for putting well that together. Thumbs up here? You got a thumbs up? yeah. Right. As that played, one of the things I thought about, it, it reminded me a moment, when we landed in the plane from Guatemala, all these people that no one really knew each other all clapped. It was really cool that they were glad to be back in the United States, and there was, at some point, this appreciation of, wow, I am home. Right? And, cause, and that can quickly fade with all the busyness of life. And So back to the question, Robbie, I'm giving you some time to think, what... This time next year, if we're to ask the question, you know, what did you get more freedom in this past year? We're asking it now. What would you ha- like to have more freedom in this time next year in your walk with Christ?
0: Well, In the book of First Peter, there, there's a discussion of these chains of darkness and, and an understanding that the, the demons that go, fall with Satan are placed in chains of darkness. And I, and I really believe that in isaiah where we're getting free from the chains that what christ is doing is giving us sight to see and he's turning on the light so to speak so that we can see things that were yet unseen and so the freedom to see for my eyes to be open for the light to come on for in my own life and those i love and, and certainly those i have an opportunity to minister with to be able to see for the light to come on would create that freedom
1: well, I hate following you guys because you're such deep thinkers, and I just get to pick something like anxiousness. I hope you more more free from anxiousness this time next year. But that's kind of me. The enemy gets me there. And so the questions I have for you today is, as we've talked about, what are you grateful for in being an American? You know, What, are you, what have you taken for granted, that freedom? And you say, I'm going to celebrate that today and be thankful that people helped pave the way for that. And as a Christian, what things are you f- happy for be- for being free from? And what things is Christ continuing to set you free from this year and into next?